Hey you, thanks for joining me today. Welcome to Inchstones to Milestones podcast. I'm Ashley Ziegler, a proud mom of seven, homeschooler, behavior analyst, student, and special needs parent. I'm inviting you to join me in this journey of mutual growth where each and every episode we learn to thrive inch by inch. Welcome, welcome. Another podcast from the Dunkin' Donuts parking lot in my car, in my husband's car. It's not even mine, but I mean, it's ours, right? (laughs) Okay, today I thought we were going to talk about, well, we are going to talk about it, grief as a special needs parent. Um, And this takes a lot of different forms, but I specifically want to talk about grief in the area of comparison or what could have been or what should have been um because I don't think any person 100% like avoids these thoughts okay so if you're further along in your special needs parenting journey you probably don't deal with this as much um I don't deal with it as much or hardly ever but This week I did have a moment where it brought me back to uh, sort of the place I used to be. So when my child was first diagnosed with epilepsy and initially we were told that he would not, he may not be able to talk or walk, that they didn't know what he would be capable of doing until he did it. There was no you know, there, there's no textbook for epilepsy, and especially not this form of epilepsy. Um, for those wondering, it's uh, it was infantile spasms, which is one of, it, it looks like one of the most subtle types of seizure disorders, but it is one of the most, like, severe, they call it a catastrophic form of epilepsy because of how fast it can hurt the brain because it's usually it happens in babies and um so anyways we were told that we didn't know what was going to happen with his development um but that the sooner we could get him help the better so he went with early intervention he did that um a few months after he started seizing um but the seizures continued for years Um, even though we tried, you know, medications, the keto diet, and then eventually brain surgery, which was what worked for him. Um, my son is four, going to be five years seizure-free this year, so it's very exciting. Uh, the end of May, May 28th, so mark that down. All right, um, but I wanted to talk about, um... The feelings I had this past week, which was that um, I was sitting with my son. He likes me to help him do things. He does not like to do anything alone. Um, so if he needs to get up, if we're somewhere and we're eating and he needs to, he wants to get a dessert, he asks people to go with him, which I'm thankful he's able to verbally ask. So that's something. And um, it can get kind of exhausting after a while because he's capable of doing these things on his own, but he feels un- unsure, I guess, of, uh, he feels more comforted by us going with him for one reason or another. 
Um, so I go and I help him get a dessert and we sit back down and it hits me like the, the thoughts I used to think or the feelings I used to ha feel. Um, so I'm sitting there just with him and I'm just having a, a little moment of, I guess, grief a little bit, uh, of like, here we are again. I'm helping him with daily life and um everyone else is chatting with each other and I just feel like I, I guess I would call it like intense unexpected loneliness um and it was only a moment someone came over and talked to me like very soon after this but I just was like wow I can't believe I went back there that fast like what just happened and, um, along with this was, you know, right before this, I, um, heard another kid his age walk past and he was talking and I was just like, oh my goodness, that's how eight-year-olds talk. Like, my son does not talk like an eight-year-old. He talks, his, his language is closer to um probably closer to four or five maybe um he's not talking about the same kind of topics not that he can't talk and articulate necessarily he he's his speech is quite good um it's just not the same topics of conversation in the same way so and it doesn't i mean it the, it's almost like you don't care you don't know what you don't have kind of a thing. And that, that sounds maybe a little bit disconnected. But, like, I don't spend my days generally comparing my son to other kids his age. Like, those days are long gone. They used to happen regularly, though. Where we would be out and I just, I just wanted him to catch up so bad. And prove to everyone that he you know, again, could be like everyone else. Now, in last, this kind of goes well with um, last week's topic of dyslexia and, um, what did I call it? And labeling children. It was like, and stigma. So I was talking about stigma and I said, if you haven't heard that, you might want to go back and listen to it. I said that when we worry about so much about stigma, it begs the question or when we worry about labeling kids, it begs the question, how much stigma do we ourselves have? And looking inward and saying, mm, maybe I'm trying to protect my child from something because, yeah, maybe because the world is cruel, but also maybe because sometimes I think the way the world thinks. So um, back in the day, I wanted my son to catch up to his peers. I hope that he would catch up to his peers. And... My son is probably not ever going to, quote, catch up to his peers. His brain is literally wired different than uh, the neurotypical, regardless of whether he had the epilepsy or not. Um, he has an autism diagnosis, and in our family, that's not really a huge deal, I would say. I would actually say that, like, oh, okay, like, this is just the way we think here, um, literal meanings to things, um, having to explicitly say out loud 
things like, you know, we don't stick a carrot near someone's eyeball because we are invading their personal space that's that's too close. We need to hand it to them from this distance. Like there's so many explicit ways that need to um, that you need to teach things, and um, that's kind of just become the culture of our family, um, which is very different than you know probably how I grew up and the way my brain works. In that um, I understand just like sort of like the general like. You know, doing by, you know, learning by watching. So in my family, kids do not learn necessarily just by watching. They learn by being told and demonstrating. And then being consistent so you're not a hypocrite, basically. <laughs> um, so, anyways, that is the um, topic I wanted to talk about because... You can spend your entire life thinking about what could have been or what should have been. And you will get nowhere. You will be the most miserable person. And you will just be in a chronic depression. But once you can reach a point where you're embracing what is... Well, first of all, you have to walk through that grief. You're not just, like, denying it, right? You got to walk through the grief. You're going to feel it. And then you're going to begin to accept what is reality. And then once you get through that, then you will hit the point, hopefully, where you are ready to thrive and grow and you've reached acceptance. And that's a really cool place to be. And so I just want to give that out to anyone with a newly diagnosed child um with a disability and I can't promise that you know that your child's going to come through on the other side and be perfectly healthy um especially if you're dealing with you know something fatal but I can tell you that things will not always be the way that they are now and that you as a person can get to a better place and that it's going to take time and that anyone else um on the outside looking in on your life they they don't know what they don't know so they it might be it might be simple to them they might think in black and white like we'll just get over it man like just just accept it like don't be miserable or man, that's really hard. I'm glad I don't have their life. It doesn't really matter what they think, but I'm just telling you, if they haven't lived it, they're not going to understand the grief that comes with it. And you are allowed to have that grief and walk through it. And there is a beautiful place on the other side. But unfortunately, you also have to do the work, which is a lot, a lot of work. Uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, to get to the other side sometimes. But you can do it, and you're worth it. All right, I'll catch you next time. Thanks for being here. Bye. Hey, you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Be sure to subscribe, follow, so we can spend more time together again soon. 
Also, I hope that you have a wonderful week learning to thrive inch by inch. <laughs>